0: Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. Every couple weeks or so, your hosts gather to talk about our favorite game, Dwarf Fortress. So let's join your hosts, Roland. Yeah, it is, it is.
1: I am probably not going to
0: pursue a job in that field. Tony we launched three copies of the game, so let's just chill a little bit here.
2: And Jonathan. Give the directory a date stamp. It's like 2022 As they present insightful, irreverent, and often incorrect analysis. And always remember, losing is fun. I'm
0: not very good with roads. I can never get these damn dwarves to build a road. All they do is they keep suspending the construction. So annoying. <laughs> I can't. I can get him to build, uh, like, shoddily paved roads, but I can't get him to build proper stone block paved roads.
2: Interesting. Yeah. So, what's the difference between a road and a floor built outside?
0: That is a good
1: question.
2: Does a road have some special property that gets people gets you know caravans to ride on them?
1: Not really. There is uh, the caravans will use a like a corridor. Uh, without trees uh-huh. and without obstruction. So right. uh, they would also use a normal floor in, instead of any cool road, which, you know, kind of sad. But I think roads, roads don't have to be built block by block, but you just need all the materials and just one dwarf building it, and then it, it pops up out of existence, like a bridge, for example. Uh, so it's a multi-tile construction built by one dwarf. But I'm not sure how they actually work because for me, they used to always like show the underground. So it wasn't like a solid construction that was just there. But when I uh, told them to do a paved road, it would keep like showing the tile underneath, like a dwarf that changes into another dwarf when they stand on the same tile, you know? That switcheroo, mm-hmm. it would continuously show me what is below the tile. And I found that to be
0: weird.
2: Interesting. Hey, uh, Logan. And I was going to say, I'm going to have to promptly shut down my stream here because I will not be paying any attention to the podcast. I'll just start viewing <laughs> the podcast and becoming a, a listener instead of a participant.
0: Well, that's the that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, I have it. Oh, look, there's a skull thing here. Bull skull totem. That's pretty cool. Ooh, that's cool. Somebody made that. Wow, look at that. Look at that thing. Well, I've got a lot happening on my screen right now with this streaming, so I might just kind of have to
2: defer to you guys. Just listen. See (laughs) what's going on. Otherwise, I'm going to fail. Open link. There we are. Yep. So did you two hear the the sad news of poor scamps? I heard. Passing on. R.I.P., buddy. Yeah, that's that's really sad. Yeah.
0: It's cats are... Yeah, I mean, you've had the cat a long time. You get pretty doggone attached to it.
2: Yep, yep. I remember uh, the cat doing things like knocking laptops off the table while recording Dwarf Fortress talk. Yep. And Tarn commenting on the fact that Smudge, not Smudge, that uh, Scamps wanted to see the tendons in his arm. Well,
0: may he see the arm tendons in the sky.
2: He would chase quarters around the room.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it sucks to it sucks to lose a cat because you've usually had a cat for a really, really, really long time. Like that's a that's a blow. We're gonna pour out some mushroom wine in his honor.
2: All right. So I have not played hardly any Dwarf Fortress at all. I was had a fairly bad sinus infection. Uh, basically, right after we recorded our last episode, I went down, and I didn't come up for like three or four days. So I have not gotten much dwarfing done. Have y'all.
0: I've been doodling and noodling with the idea of building a tunnel, which I've talked about underneath the sea to connect two continents together or two parts of the world together. So I generated for myself this world, which I'm showing on the YouTube stream that is Very long, thin, but uh, it has this landmass up at the top. I can't tell if it's an island or if it's locked by the ice sheet, but anyway, no one seems to be able to get to it. And there's not much here except for, I guess, a necromancer tower, some dark goblins, nothing to be afraid of there, I'm sure. And then I've built my fortress between, I guess it's called an isthmus. Isthmus? Is that right? Whatever word I'm looking for there is what it is. Uh, with was, the intent man. to connect the rest of this very large land body to this cutoff area. So in doing that, I'm hoping that I'll oh it's a very large area. There's there's bigger areas that I would love to connect, but I haven't figured out quite how to do that yet. But is this a large world? It's a medium world. Um let's see, I guess I could zoom out here, show people. But yeah, there's it's you know, it's like one of those typical things where there's a spray of islands and then there's lots of land masses and then there was one big peninsula that seemed cut off by the others. And so I, I tunneled. So what I've done, let's see what I've done. Um, I'll zoom out from the top here. So you kind of get a sense of, I made it a long skinny embark so I could capture as much of the stuff as possible. Uh So when you're looking at it, it's basically, There's a tiny little bit of land on top and there's a tiny little bit of land on the bottom. And then there's just a giant ocean between the two. And then what I did is I made a road coming down from the top. um, And then it sort of goes down some cascading ramps down, down, down under the sea. And then I had a couple of little accidents where I punched into the seawater then that didn't that didn't do me very didn't do me very well. But all's well it ends well. I did manage to get around it and then came back up the other side and built a trade depot on the other side and then I used the command to see if the depots were active, you know, that capital D. Oh, that's cool. Wow. And so I've connected both sides now, so it should show my whole underground tunnel is being wagon accessible. I guess it is. Wow. So that's so that's my fun that I've had. I think it's all successfully done, although I am concerned that I've missed something here. But anyway. Well, that's cool. Oh yeah, I had to go up and then back down like I had a it was a it was an interesting experiment, but fun. So I don't know what impact this has on the broader world, if any. I'm hoping that it has some. But uh that's what I've been up to. And I guess the point where I am now is I should I was going to kind of wait for an invasion and see if the invading forces came through the tunnel or what happened. I suppose what my intent was is to just abandon the fortress to ruin or retire the fortress, I guess, and then just see if the world started to use it.
2: Mm-hmm. I know there's a warning anytime that you're on a coastal area. There's a warning about having trouble because you're you have don't have access to fresh water. Is that actually true? The cavern water is still fresh water, right? The dwarves yeah. can drink it? Yeah, yeah, and pond okay.
1: water is
0: too.
2: Yeah. Okay, so there's no real disadvantage to having a, a coastal embark, right? Not really.
0: I don't think so. No. I just tunneled down and I made... Oh, look, there we go. A human caravan has arrived. Let's see where they go. They're going to go to the Easy Pickens Depot here. I should I should destroy the depot on this side and put it on the other side and see if they go to it. That's what I need to do. See if they yeah. used a the tunnel to get to it. I think they're. I think
2: I've never had them use. If there were two depots, they would always use the oldest one and ignore the new one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to blow this one away as soon as this. As soon as these characters take off, I'm going to.
2: Or you can blow it away now and just get all their <laughs> stuff. Piss off the humans.
0: Aw. Yeah. Well, I'm a human, and so I can empathize with the plight of our people. So I'll, <laughs> I'll not do that. But um, I don't want to give him my bull skull totem. That seems pretty cool.
1: On the northern continent, there isn't really anything except for, like,
0: goblins and a necromancer, right? Yeah, it's not going to go well, I think, mm-hmm. connecting them. I think it's going to have only brought pain to the world. It was probably one of those things when, you know, years later, people are going to look back and go, why did that dwarven civilization bridge our peaceful worlds with obvious aggressors? Why did you do that? But, um... Sometimes it's a great leader's job to just do and not ask why.
2: <laughs> if you could go back in time and shoot Unib Sarsmolkabon, would you do it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Who's responsible for this mess? I don't know. I'm going to blame it on one of the children. It's obviously one of these kids' fault, so we'll just throw them <laughs> into the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Kivish bumble What's the fortress's name? What's the fortress's name? That is an excellent question. It is called Crystal Deer.
2: Crystal deer. That's oh, not nice. crystal
0: deer. Yeah, and the primitive and boulders. Perhaps the residents of Crystal Deer will be caught like a crystal deer in the headlights as the Goblin civilization comes to invade. But yeah, it looks like it is just over here. uh Looks like the goblins have been relatively successful here, more successful than us. And uh the Fragile Scourge—that's a good sign for the name of a of a of an evil civilization. If they're fragile, right? should be nothing
1: to worry about well i think the the ultimate way of actually testing if your land bridge works is retiring this fortress and making a second fortress a little bit close to this and then checking if you can send people up into
0: the north because if you can then it works yeah oh let's give that a go shall we yeah sure Let's, let's retire this fortress right now retire it for the time being sure
2: Okay, so while yep. you're building your new fortress, sure. we are going to move on to our question and answer section. What an
0: excellent idea. Thank you for that <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> See, this is a problem. I always get distracted. I'm like, but then I could do this. So, uh... This
3: Dwarf Fortress Roundtable is brought to you in part by a grant from Potato Bomb, creator of Usen Ozer, the allegiance of subtleties, a bauxite ring. All crafts worship is of the highest quality it is encrusted with round bauxite cabochons and decorated with cherry wood this object menaces with spikes of lignite on the item is an image of author covered the tanzanite cage in lignite potato bombs use an auzer. on display now in the fruit of theaters on level 2 of boltstills
2: So it's been a while since we've really covered user responses, and I don't know if I should apologize for that, or just... Yeah, you, know, you should apologize. Kind of the way we roll. <laughs> I should apologize. <laughs> Everything I do is wrong. On your knees. On oh, my knees, yes. Um, Anywho, so we're going back now to episode 66 to pick up comments from there, and if we miss your comment, it's not because we have anything against you whatsoever, it's just because I am not the best at managing comments, and... <laughs> So uh, please feel free to poke us again, and we'll be happy to to answer your question or put your comment online. Probably Jody commented on episode sixty six that uh, basically the just that he's tried out Cleanodev's embark profile that we talked about in a previous episode, and uh, and that he's digging it.
0: Oh, good! That's great! That's awesome!
2: I love the idea of Cleanodev's uh, embark profile. The I think it's called the craftmasters or something like that. But the idea is is that that they're extremely skilled dwarves for things that need extremely skilled dwarves and you start off by building your picks and setting up a like a little metal industry to build things to start with. And that probably really does optimize uh efficiency. But I'm also lazy and I think that I've got a, a particular style, a particular algorithm that I follow with my fortresses that seems to be working well for me. So yeah. I, I went back to using, oh, what's the name of it? There's there's another one of the uh, in paradoxus around starter pack. There's another one of the uh, s- starter embark. Somebody help me. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh,
0: the <laughs> embark profile is probably the word you're profile, looking for. Thank you. Yep. I use one of two. Yeah, I use oh, that in no. Gorney's.
2: <laughs> Nebulatron is the one that I have gone back to, just because it makes it real easy to quickly set up all of your uh, your nobles, and I find that to be quite valuable. Gorny gang here. I might I might go ahead and go back to uh, to Kleiner You know what? I've got to take a look and see exactly what that's called.
0: Oh look, I can raid Laws. these forts. That's kind of a good sign. Look, I'm gonna should I raid the? I'm gonna yes. raid one of these sixty yes. people. Let's do it. This is gonna end incredibly well. Perfect. I'm sending the whole fortress out to that. Great. Nice. Off we go. Everyone's heading out. There's Everyone's gone. <laughs> there are no dwarves living here. Perfect. I didn't know you could do that.
2: Urs doesn't live here anymore. That's <laughs> weird. I,
0: I've never had a fort <laughs> like this before. There are no dwarves living here. Well, this makes my job very easy. So we wait and see if they come back from, <laughs> from <weird>. their seven, <laughs> from their terrifying, uh, is time even going to pass? <laughs> I don't even it know. It should.
1: It should. Yeah, yeah. That's well, just official. when they return.
0: Like in, a, <laughs> or if. in like a few days, I guess. <laughs> or if we'll get migrants beforehand and they'll just come. And there's no fortress here. I haven't built anything. Well, there's an answer. It Let me do it. So presumably they've gone through. So there we go. That's the answer that we're looking for. Yes, you can bridge continents. It's nice. That's nice. It's reassuring. But now what I wonder is, can I bridge multiple tiles across the sea? Can I, can I start a bridge or a tunnel? and then connect to that bridge in the tunnel if i start a new fortress i doubt it
1: yeah no i, I doubt it because the uh, fortress will not start in in the tunnel it will start on top of the world which is in the water
0: mhm there's no embark underground so you'd have to have you'd have to do some kind of i feel like these guys might not come back
1: no, they will just give it like four in de- in game days,
0: and then they should return. That's right. Point. I should look to see how long it takes to send them yeah. up to wherever I sent them. Okay, it takes more than a day's travel. Okay. No, oh, <laughs> no, this is not a good sign. <laughs> when I'm when I mouse over the village that I sent them to <laughs> to raid, it says current prisoners, and there are three of my dwarves. They're held prisoner. Well, so that's probably an indication of how well things went. Oh, well, all's well that ends well.
2: Swell. Oh, this is that 1,050 year old world that I generated. All of this is that I'm doing on my end here is looking up what CleanOdev's profile, Embark profile, is called.
0: Yeah, it's like Craft Lords or something, isn't it?
2: Annotated Craft Lords. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. CleanOdev's Annotated Craft Lords, Embark. It's neat. So- Uh, but I
0: couldn't. I could do absolutely nothing with it. Like that fortress got absolutely
2: slaughtered. So I. Well, that's because you are in a world where zombies show up on you know month two.
0: (laughs) A diplomat has left unhappy. (laughs) Diplomacy stymied. I wonder why. Sorry, there's nobody here. (laughs) Sorry to sorry to have disappointed you, sir. Uh, I don't think think anyone's coming. I think I broke the game. <laughs> there's no, there's no dorps I honestly, it's the first time I've ever seen that. I've never, I've never sent everyone in the fort out at once. I guess. So f- from
2: the uh, from the YouTube chat, Luke is asking if any of us have used the book "Getting Started with Dwarf Fortress." Is that the O'Reilly book?
0: Oh, from the from the ancient times, I think it is.
2: No, I want a copy of it though, not because I would use it, just because I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I and I, I've not been able to. I haven't looked real hard, but I've not been able to find a copy of it out there.
0: It's, it's, um, I think it's on, it's based on the 30 release period or whatever, right?
2: But it's, it is 3D, I'm pretty sure. Okay. It's after the 2D. Okay. So, but no, I have not used Getting Started with Dwarf Fortress. And if you are indeed talking about the O'Reilly book, of course, I've not used it even if you have, aren't talking about the O'Reilly book. And I think
0: we're talking about getting started with Dwarf Fortress, learn to play the most complex video game ever. First edition.
2: There's a selling point,
0: which came out in uh in 2012. So the book is 10 years old. So yep. at least one release away. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, there's another book that was recommended to me called "The Glimmer Cage Urists or "A Catalog of Dwarven Calamities," which I had no idea that book existed.
2: Uh, Luke Lucas said that yeah he was talking about the uh, the O'Reilly book.
0: Yeah, I th- I th- I. Try. I've, I mean, I've picked it up. I've had copies of it in the past. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was.
2: And you moved and sold them. <laughs> Donated them to a, to a bookstore.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty dated, to be honest, which is, which is the thing that happens.
2: Uh, what was the animal on the front of the book, though? Or was there a an the
0: animal? dwarf head. Uh, and I'll just, yeah, you don't get to pick that as an author for them, by the way. They, they choose it for you.
2: They pick what it they pick know. they
0: pick it for you. Okay, so five of the dwarves came back. Hey, oh, um, that's something. Hey, cool. Hey, that's wonderful. Let's look at the combat log what and see how back? it went. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, they were some migrants have arrived. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, it was migrants. My my dudes never came back. So I got uh, five I migrants know. to the fortress. Should really? I send them out to? Yeah, sure. sure why not? Let's just conscript everybody. Let's do it. Oh, look, they're, they're gone. <laughs> they're dead. And Damn. I can't. Oh, no. I think we've really broken the game here. I can't add anyone to the military because I need somebody who can appoint this position. So do I have to and I can't and I can't make anyone a noble. I can't even instruct these dwarves with my troop gone. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Should I abandon the raid? <laughs> Will they do what I'm asking them to do, these dwarves? Yeah, they they still digging. They'll still dig tunnels. Okay, so I just can't. I've broken it. I can't have nobles anymore. <laughs> and I can't build military squads. That's probably not great, if we're being honest.
1: Uh, right. Uh, coming back to questions. Yes, um, let's go back oh, to yes. questions. See, yes. this is a
0: distraction. Yes, it, it really is. But the, it, it is fascinating.
2: Yep. On episode 66, this was uh, also the same one that probably Jody commented on. Uh, Benjamin said that, yes, there are ski resorts in Chile. That makes sense. Which, I, after after we left that episode, I got to think. I was like, well, of course there are. There's the stinking Andes. Yeah. And there's yeah. ski yeah. resorts there's in ski Australia. Resorts.
0: And there are ski resorts. I mean, there are actually ski resorts in Australia. So it does make sense that there would be.
2: I mean, there's a ski slope in St. Louis, but oh, God. I don't know if i we'll call it a resort. <laughs> so we
0: saw the garbage dump and you thought, you know, it's not good to have that uh, big pilot trash. So we uh, we put some dirt on it and uh, come <laughs> ski with us. I mean, said
2: St. Louis, not St. Paul. <laughs> okay,
0: you're right. It's the wrong scene. Uh, we
2: even I'm have sure.
1: like one ski resort thing in northern Germany. And northern Germany is flat as hell. It's a complete building and it has one ski slope in and... And a lift, and it's, like, inside, and there's, like, fake snow. It's amazing. Never been, though, but it looks cool. I think
0: I've heard that Germany has mountains.
1: Yeah, but, like, either in the middle or, like, really south, but not in the north, because the north is extremely flat. Uh Uh-huh.
2: When I think Bavaria, I think... Gummy bears? Mountainous regions. Chocolate with, cake. Yeah, but that's in the in the, in the the south. With women carrying beer bugs around. That's in the, the yeah. south, yeah. Uh-oh,
1: yeah. geography is
0: showing. I, I just think about gummy bears and chocolate cakes with cherry in them. That's what I think of. Because which forest do the gummy bears... About Bavaria. Where do they catch the gummy bears? Is that... <laughs> they catch that the, gummy the gummy sun? bears. Yeah, yeah that's, that from uh, the
1: forest, that's the black it forest. That's the black forest. It's more like middle. Uh-oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, this oh, is
1: going to go cool. really,
0: really well our
2: ignorance, or ignorance at what? What was that? What are you talking about? Uh,
1: oh. we, uh, we got a
0: siege
1: To those people siege. who
2: are on the audio only podcast If any of this makes it into Dude. the actual podcast A vile force of darkness has arrived Into in the bugged fortress Into the bugged fortress that yeah. no bugged fortress there. There. can't yes. scramble
0: a military Because nobody can appoint the position <laughs>
2: So, you know, whenever we had my fortress that got wiped out and all of my dwarves were killed, but there was one human left, what happens if all of your dwarves are killed? Well, except for the ones that are out on a raid. uh, We're uh,
0: about to see, because right now there's a vile force of darkness. Oh, and everyone ran away. Oh, dear. I think this is probably going to end well. There's nothing I can do about it.
1: I don't think this fortress is going to survive this. Like, I'm (laughs) gabbling here, (laughs) and I'm saying it will
0: crumble. I feel like it probably will crumble. Oh, oh, if there's one miner still alive, he's a trooper. Uh, Dubai
2: has an indoor ski slope. Yes, it does. That's of course it does. Something like yeah. a That's something. <laughs> of course it does. And it is in on top of that giant spire of a building. Wait, it is? Uh, on, on no, the it's top? not in the Burj. It's not in the Burj Khalifa.
0: I've been to the top of that. It's not. There's no ski slope there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sure it's in one of the billion malls that they've got. They've got malls everywhere. They've got, like, there's one mall that's got, like, a whale in it or something. It's it's a really weird place.
2: Oh, a lot of animals are being found dead. They take in care your of fortress. everything. Yeah. Not, not outside mine. My-
0: We're not. It's not going up. Oh, there's no doors. We're back to no doors. Look, this fortress, I've, I've beat the game, guys. I cannot be defeated. De- Is everybody but- dead? <laughs> everybody Everyone's dead? dead. Oh wow! There are no dwarves living what? here.
2: So that tells me that, that whenever you have a raiding party out, but all of your dwarves are dead who are there, the game does not stop. It waits for your people to come back. Look,
0: and uh, we still have the invaders still kicking around here. So as long as nobody, if the invaders just leave because they're bored, because there's nothing else to kill, which I'm hoping mm-hmm. will, will happen, I'll get more migrants and this fortress will last forever. Like it literally can't be killed. I've made I've well, made until, an unkillable fortress here. So this is until the, your
2: raiding party comes back.
0: Did we just did we just find a bug in the game? Because
2: if yeah, you send I, I, out I your whole that, thing, that is
0: not that is not correct.
2: That's a feature. Yeah, Maybe because no, no, seriously. He, but seriously, your your raiding party can still come back. They could, so. but I
0: think they're bugged too. Because you know you yeah. get those bugged raiding parties where they go away and they never come back.
1: Yeah, they, they should have been fixed, but I, I think they're not, like, 100% fixed. And ultimately, I think it has to do with the fact that you send everybody out. Uh, so the title of, like, what's it called? Expedition Leader could not be assumed by anybody else in the fortress right. that,
0: you know, did something. I think if you send out your Expedition Leader, it's game over for you. Or okay. It's, maybe it's not game over, but, it, but it's a game-breaking bug, I think, because now I can't... When I had that migrant wave, I couldn't appoint a new person at all.
3: This segment is brought to you by Adam Hudson, creator of rothlin, Magic Moths, and Applewood Toy Axe. All crafts worship is of the highest quality. It is decorated with fox bone and encircled with bands of bronze. This object menaces with spikes of Applewood. Adam Hudson's rothlin. On display now in the Fierce Sanctuary, Temple of the Healing of Soldiers, on Level 4 of Bolt Stills. Honestly, this is
2: a decent segue into Alexander's comment for Episode 67 in which foes are discussed. Alexander writes, Do any of you use any exploits in your forts? Stuff like duplicating metal or finding cavern layers with... With Farm Plots. Thank you for the podcast, by the way. Thank you for writing in, Alexander. Also, Benjamin, thank you for writing in, and probably Jody as well. Yeah, would this be an exploit? Having a... I'm not sure if you call this an exploit. No.
0: <laughs> this was just an accident. I don't think it's gotten me much. It's gotten me stuck is what it's gotten me. Yeah, I, I think this is not
1: like an exploit. It's it's more like a shot in the, in the knee. I think it's going
0: to let me succumb to the invasion, which will be good. Probably. I or don't it'll crash. know that it's going to. Oh, oops, your strength has been broken. Well, that's good. Uh, okay.
2: Oh well, yeah. That's because you. That's because you initiated it. right? Yeah,
0: I did. It was never going to stop. So. <laughs>
1: But exploits, talking about exploits, I I personally have to admit that I've become a cheater, not an exploiter. I have become a straight-up cheater. Mm. I use one DF hack command every time I start a fortress, and that is reveal. So I can see the entire map and where ore is and where my caverns are, and then I look for a very nice, cushy uh, position within the caverns that actually... Mm like tightens my fortress layout a little bit. So I don't have the entire layer to spread out, but I only have like a spire that is like hanging from the ceiling in the cavern or something. And that has... Wait till
2: Kevin hears about this.
1: (laughs) And uh, that has been really, really fun and enjoyable. And I will not be stopping at that.
0: So, you're doing what? You're doing reveal to reveal all of the minerals?
1: Yeah, I, I reveal the map and then okay. I like
0: check for a good spot
1: where to set down. It is quite nice because uh, my last fortress that kind of died on itself was it had a well inside my tavern that went straight down into a large, like, underground lake. And that was really enjoyable. And I even put it in such a way that nothing could crawl up into the well because it had like a secured grate below the waterline and stuff. That was really good. That was really good. But that was the only exploit slash cheat I, I use, this reveal thing, just so I I know where to put my layout. And then I continue from there. But the whole... Uh, smelting a singular bolt or arrow to get more bars out. I've never really done that because I... Well,
2: that's just a pain. I mean, that's, yeah. that's more trouble than it's worth. Yeah,
1: yeah. And either but you stop... I'll tell
2: you what, though. Yeah. Qu- uh, quantum trash compactors, though. Uh, the, yeah. Um, okay, Ian in the in the message room brought that up. I certainly use that. Yeah,
0: I do, too. Dwarven atom smashers. That's I like what that a lot, the Dwarven atom smasher stuff. I...
2: I it's fun. Resemble to, it. It doesn't feel like an exploit. It just feels like they're they're uh, disposing of of goods. But feels like we're having fun. You actually have to build something and do something. And also, um, Tarn indicated that he's not planning on taking that sort of thing out because it's become less of an exploit and more of a feature mm-hmm. because yeah, of uh, other um, deficiencies in the game.
0: What's the embark anywhere button? Do you guys? Remember that? There's some way you can do it. You can, like, force it embark. Uh, I think that's a uh, command, not a button. Okay.
1: but <laughs> Don't ask <laughs> gonna, me I more. I think like, that lets you
2: embark the... into embark locations that otherwise would have been... Yeah, yeah that it uh, says don't do, do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think I've seen that embark anywhere.
2: Like places where there's, uh, like, a, a human settlement? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've
1: done. That, or, like, straight ocean.
0: Yep. They don't like that, usually.
2: It's very damp. It usually also doesn't
0: work, but, yeah. Uh, I don't use exploits much. I do, when I generate worlds, I do make minerals available everywhere. I always set that one to high because I don't really want to spend a lot of my time searching, doing those tunnel, digging the shafts to look for stuff. So I usually just kind of hook myself up a little bit by putting minerals around. And I use the um, workshop assistants rather than the what TechEd says where he uses managers to this stuff i need to watch his video on how to do that anyway because hmm. i think it seems better but what's a workshop assistant when you hit alt w and then you can repeat and give them orders and df hack manages your workflow for you oh i've never tried that so you're not doing it's it's limited it has limitations where you get stuck like if you leave one for it and you've got everything like you know make 50 barrels of pumpkin wine or whatever you know, it's going to keep the settings between forts, So you'd have to manually clear it, which is kind of a pain in the butt because you get a lot of cancellation spam. But it works like it's pretty manageable. So I cheat with that one. And sometimes I'll use reveal if I'm getting really frustrated and I can't find something.
2: Yeah, I need to, to use the manager even more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't accidentally want to find the circus because that does feel cheaty to me. So I want I want that to happen naturally.
2: <laughs> <laughs> in in hatchet Romances, I did use the the managers that are crap. What's what's wow. I'm just having a hell of a time. With words. I, I swear I'm not drunk. I'm not high. That's what's the word for that. That whole mechanism where, uh, where you, where you send a job to the manager.
1: You That's mean putting manager. something into
2: the manager?
1: Um, That is just using the manager. Oh, what do you mean?
2: Setting up orders. Yeah, I guess work orders is, it's the, okay, I need to, Anyway, (laughs) let me try to start that entire thought over again. So I do use the manager from the workshop itself. I don't go to the manager screen and set up, uh, you know, work from any workshop. But I do use the production management from the actual workshops themselves. And I had an entire steel industry set up in Hatchet Romances that way. And if I would have set up, apparently, my uh, alcohol-making industry, that way, then I probably wouldn't have lost that fortress in such a horrible manner, hmm. but I did not. I keep running out of things to brew is my problem really even even though I have mushroom farms that seem to produce enough mushrooms for everybody, I tend to always run out of out of stuff to turn into booze. that is curious,
0: yeah hm I don't think that's supposed to happen i I do the same like mine old even though I tell it not to eat the seeds or whatever yeah eventually i run out of plump helmets and i found a way to get around that is like my hack to get around that is i dig out huge portions of the second or third layer down which is still soil and then Uh wait, and then mushrooms will naturally spawn there and then you can harvest can you yeah and then you can get more spores
2: I never knew did. that you could harvest the fungi that was growing just because you opened up the caverns. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You you can do that in the caverns in general as well, but the the caverns have to be kind of open up so that I guess the spores from the fungi like slowly creep up through your fortress because you say slowly it happens like immediately it it does but um, if you haven't breached into the caverns nothing is going to grow under underground.
2: Right. You can even breach the caverns and immediately build a bridge over the hole that you just made that breached the caverns. And that doesn't stop the fungus from coming up. Yeah. It really makes your, your floors ugly and you have to put construction down to make them look decent again.
0: I feel like I've just done a really crap embark. It's all water, really narrow. And I don't really know what I've just
2: done. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're going to drown, aren't they? It's not going well. Oh. <sighs> To that note, Tarn has said that in the new version, going to be able to build things like workshops and stuff onto constructed floors. Oh, that's Which right now you can't. Candy.
0: Yeah, that's really neat.
2: That is great because... Thanks, Tarn. I love messing with cool floors and making tile designs and stuff, but then it takes up the space and you can't use it for anything else. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Tarn, that's great. I really yes. appreciate that function. That's pretty nifty. Because that'll make things like tree houses more fun. No, yep. no yep 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 pretty cool
3: financial consideration for dwarf fortress roundtable has been provided by justin Lothamer, creator of Ziskenshithath, the reticent Parishment, a bauxite hatch cover all crafts worship is of the highest quality it is encrusted with oval bauxite cabochons this object is adorned with hanging rings of green tourmaline and menaces with spikes of applewood on the item is an image of author covered, the Tanzanite cage in Lignite. Justin Lothamer's Shit Shithath. On display now in the Tavern, Fruit of Theatres, on Level 2 of Bolt Stills.
2: All right. Episode 68 was Elves, Wine, and To What They Lead, and it was released uh, in late May. Eshep emailed in, Aren't dwarf fortress elves just tree hugger park hippies?
1: No. <laughs> well, I
0: like that.
2: <laughs> I <need> Perhaps, <laughs> but they're more like you know Manson family tree hugger park hippies.
0: Oh god! Oh god! Right. right.
2: <laughs> Says uh, that that they could grow their wooden stuffs effectively if their tree singing has magical growing powers. We were talking about just exactly how do you grow a a wooden sword
0: on a yeah? So that didn't work. I had a bad experience. Uh, yeah, so I wasn't able to bridge a large chasm. Hmm. Could do a small one but not a large one. Not more than one tile. That's sad. Yeah. That's I think we've hit limitations here.
1: Uh yeah, where would we um tree magic tree powers? I, I believe they have yeah. to have some magic powers. Simply because they crank out so many magic, like sharp sticks that they they can't just grow it naturally because there's no way you can produce a billion crappy swords made out of wood in, like, a week like that. So I I believe they have some weird shenanigans going on. But, you know, I have
0: have no actual proof. So is magic coming in this next episode? Is that a thing that...
2: You mean the next release?
0: Yeah, next episode, next release? No.
2: No. that's a longer term no. thing. Yeah. No, magic is is along the same lines as the army arc, which still isn't finished. Right. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it never came.
0: Tarn's retirement plan is <laughs> working on
2: Wolf Chew says about Tolkien's elves. He says that Tolkien's elves are influenced by his Catholicism and they're uh, basically man, but before the fall. And they were never kicked out of Eden, so they really are just better than everyone without sin or fear of mortality. And That everything you read by Tolkien has the conceit that he translated it from the original ancient books of Middle-earth, all of them written by elves or by hobbits who are buddies with the elves. So The Lord of the Rings is basically elven propaganda.
0: Mm-hmm. It is.
2: They were probably huge assholes, but they're not going to tell you that.
0: Yeah, fair no. enough.
2: Thank you, Eshep, and also Wolf Chew for sending those comments in. And I have re- read that before, that, uh, that Tolkien's work was really influenced heavily by his, by his faith. Yeah, I've heard but this. But I never read it that way whenever I was reading it. I, I tried to read it that way, but I, I just see,
1: I don't know, fire-breathing dragons and, and small goblins and, you know, cool fantasy stuff happening. But uh, maybe that's just uh, me not being religious.
2: Yeah, the the fall of Numenor I could almost see is almost like Satan being cast out of heaven, and that was okay. I don't fair. think that was so much biblical as as uh, Milton. All right, carrying on. Brian says that maybe we should discuss ancient or advanced world generation in a future episode. Um, one thing that he likes to do is changing the cavern openness value to a higher level, and the cavern density to zero to fifty or something like Go that. Ahead. And it will give your caverns a more flat, open area, not densely packed with webs, mm. and probably will allow you to have uh, easier viewing of, you know, floors in your caverns. So. Okay. Interesting. So as caverns like this are much easier to visually parse, and it makes the concept of building organically into the caverns much more viable. That mm. is pretty interesting.
0: interesting. Because it's, it can be very difficult to kind of wrap your head around how the caverns are working sometimes when it's like the things kind of go down and up. And I mean, I guess that's more normal, but it's also kind of harder to mentally picture. So that that is an interesting thing.
2: I don't know that I have ever created an advanced world generation world. So, yeah, maybe in a episode, much like our adventure mode episode we did a few couple of weeks ago, maybe we do one that is all about an advanced world generation instance and talk about the things we're doing. We got some good feedback, by the way, on the adventure mode playthrough. Yeah. Audio. Oh. Only. Style, well, okay. So I was happy about that. Very good.
0: Neat. Yeah. Neat. Uh, I
2: had more than one listener say, you know, I was skeptical about it. It sounded like it was going to be awful, but it turned out that it was a really good listen. So we may do that again.
0: Story of my life. But
2: I don't even know how to process that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Brian.
0: There, there are a lot of a lot of options in this in this advanced world, gen. There's a lot to chew on here. Yeah, and really even understand what's happening. It, it is. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on. It is. I, I,
1: I once tried to get like into it, but nothing really worked. Whatever I did, so I, whatever. But it's something that we we should definitely you know take a foothold in.
0: Yep.
2: Also on episode 68, Urus wrote in that he was listening to the episode and was curious if he could put together an orchard of some kind and thought that he could just cut away every tree but the ones that he wanted to control. And he was running through that thought, and lo and behold, we just started talking about that exact thing. Glad that we were able to read Urus' mind there. Perfect. Yes, uh, and that he's willing to share his fortress with us if we'd like to see how the orchard is progressing. Yes, 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 yes. That's you. You would like that? I was going to say that sounds great, but I, I'm afraid that we would get the the save and I would just let it sit there forever, like a really bad host.
1: <laughs> um, I would. I would definitely be be interested, even if it's just looking over the project for like ten minutes or something. I would still be very interested in in seeing how you know, somebody made that happen because I already ran through a certain amount of possibilities, but they all kind of, and uh, so I I would love to see that. So whenever Urist here is uh, done doing his orchard, I would love to see it because I'm very curious.
2: Well, this was probably a month ago that, that Urist sent the message in, so he may be done with it <laughs> by now. i, I was We're still catching up yeah. on the comments. But yeah, hey, Erst, I will go ahead and respond to your email, and I'll send you a link that you can um, send us the zipped-up save of that. And yeah, Roland will take a look at that, I guess. Episode 69. Oh, this is what I was just talking about. Uh, episode 69, The Life and Times of Tira Equatoria. Probably Jody said, uh, not going to lie, I was iffy on the concept of the episode, but I truly love this. Also, kind of enjoyed hearing the character setup process. Had no idea you could play as a demigod or what that meant in the context of Adventure Mode. And the episode made Jody want to play Adventure Mode. Jody, for one, would like another one like it.
0: All right. I think we can that do That sounds right. great.
2: Yeah. I also like the idea of of a let's play on the on the advanced dungeon or the advanced world generation that will even if the world crashes it will give us a chance to talk about the various aspects of world creation sounds
0: good sounds really good
2: episode 70 which was our previous episode progress bars mouse control and the fall of heteromances eli hollow knight is the name that they wrote in but then it says my name is eli he loves the podcast he loves playing Dwarf Fortress, even though he's not a master. That <laughs> Eli has just, or Hollow Knight has just finished listening to all the episodes for the second time.
0: Okay, awesome! That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant.
2: And I, and I responded to the email. I was like, "Really? A second time? I don't." I'm
0: calling the next world, I, Eli.
2: <laughs> I want to say I'm sorry, but.
0: I mean,
1: I um, I looked it up. Uh, you can do it in slightly below three days. So, I mean, okay, sure, sure, you can do it. But uh, the question is, why? Is that three
2: 24-hour days or three days, eight hours a day? How long is a day in Germany?
0: Is it the
1: same <laughs> it as it is? No, no I mean, for, I mean... I mean if we go with uh we are around 70 episodes every okay. episode yeah. is like around 1 hour yeah. that is you know
0: Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: I managed to actually puzzle puzzle that together. Uh but but that's that's great that actually somebody listens to this uh more than once which is like Uh but I can I can feel the sentiment and uh he doesn't really have anybody to talk about it. Uh, I feel that mm-hmm. because in, in my life outside this podcast, yes, it exists. All my friends know about raw Fortress. Nobody understands it. And at this point, I feel like nobody actually wants to hear about it anymore. Because every time I start it, they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, huh, uh-huh. And you can see that. And I'm like, no. But ultimately, that is a big reason why I started this podcast with all of you. So,
0: uh, yeah. It's nice to have people that aren't gonna look at you and go, ah, that's neat. Okay, <laughs> swell for you,
2: pal. I don't typically recommend a Reddit, but I really do highly recommend the Dwarf Fortress subreddit because it is not—it's—it's it's not evil. It's a great place. And let's just talk about um, how
0: extraordinarily well that subreddit is moderated.
2: Just, I was—I uh, was, was about is, to say yeah. that is all a reflection of the moderators. Uh, so I know a cleanodev and. I guess, Paradexas arant Beautifully
0: done. Beautifully done, folks.
2: I'm not sure if they are the only moderators or if, or if they are two of the moderators. Cleanodev is really a- active there, and Cleanodev is just awesome. Yeah, so, and it's really it, tough. Thank, thank you, you really so much for making that such a great place to, to, to just read. Yeah. Nobody's angry there, it seems. At least, if they are, it's not. He moderates
0: know. the hell out of them. If they are,
2: yeah, maybe <laughs> that's the maybe that's the reason Moderate why. Moderates so. the
0: crap out of you. I've obviously done something horribly wrong with advanced world gen because <laughs> everything's being rejected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that is exactly what I mean. Every time I try it, this is my experience with it. It's just like you're crap. Stop what you're doing. You're ruining everything.
2: But Hollow Knight, yeah, go to to Reddit slash r slash Dwarf Fortress. Check out, if you've not done this already, check out the subreddit there. It's a great place. People will tell you
0: um, if you've got something wrong also, which I think is kind of cool without you having to resort to, what is it? Law or Cunningham's Law, the one where you have to say something wrong to get the right answer. Like you'll you'll usually get good answers from people without having to pretend to be wrong first. Yeah. It's good. It's a good one.
2: Yes. So I think that we are caught up on our Q&A. If you'd like to to send us a question or a comment, you can do so by either going to dfroundtable.com and commenting on one of the episodes. I, unfortunately, don't catch all the comments, but I do my best. But you can also send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. And that's probably going to be the best way to get your question or comment on the podcast. At some point. at some point, yeah. It may be, you know, season six before we get to it. It's a best
0: effort podcast, (laughs) folks.
2: Okay, I haven't got anything else for today. It it is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there. And I guess I should not be sexist at all and say for Father's Day, the same thing that I took some flack about whenever I said it on Mother's Day, that it is a creation of the greeting card industry. And (laughs) that's what it's all about. It's a creation
0: (laughs) of the greeting card industry to make your family watch you play Dwarf Fortress for
2: <laughs> exactly. Guess what exactly. we're doing today?
0: Oh God, not again! <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're recording
2: a podcast today. We're what doing about it. Family? Oh no, we're
0: doing Family Dwarf Fortress. It's going to be a real hoop. Uh, all right, guys.
2: Perfect. Everybody out there, happy fortressing, and we'll catch you next time. Tremendous. Thanks, all. Okay. See ya. All right. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com dfroundtable. This is a conversational
3: podcast. All Crafts is of the highest quality.